The Red Steeple Podcast is a production of Nolansville First United Methodist Church in Nolansville, Tennessee. Our vision is to be a neighborhood church where people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus in a welcoming church family. With this podcast, we want to explore subjects of faith to help you think critically and hopefully to see how God is working in our world and in your life. The ideas we express belong to the speakers. We aren't here to tell you how to think. We just want to give you some things to think critically about in your faith. Now with this, we're starting a short series on grace. How is this church word explained? What does it mean in our lives? How can grace be a transforming concept? I'm excited for you to hear this conversation between Pastor Jimi Hendrix and myself. I'll be honest, a lot of what I say is just exploring and trying to work it out for myself. So I hope it helps you do the same. I am so excited to be recording a podcast again, Pastor Jimmy. Yeah, me too. I um, I know we took a couple of months off, but it's not like there haven't been things going on for sure in the world. Absolutely. Just to intro what you and I are going to talk about, I sent you a quote from a devotion that several of us are reading called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. And the quote that sort of stopped me says, but faith isn't natural for us. It's ours only as a gift of God's grace. And I think the reason why that stopped me in my tracks, it kind of, obviously, I've heard about grace. I know about grace. I use that word all the time. But this idea that faith is a gift from God's grace and not something we do, um, probably not how I've been thinking about it. I probably have been thinking about it as faith, as something that's on us to buy into. Yeah, I think that's um, common. I think we, um, as a church, we we sometimes give that impression too, um, hopefully not on purpose. As as a Methodist, we have kind of a understanding of what that means. So we, we believe that um, God by God's love, uh, we've been given free will to choose. And so... Um, we think of faith as a gift from God that we can choose to accept or reject. So sometimes we focus so much on making that choice that uh, we neglect to say we only have that choice because of God's grace. Well, and then the second part of probably what stops me is just thinking about God's grace like that. And so I wanted to explore with you like what that really means. I feel like we say it, I know we say it every Sunday and I know that it feels life transforming for me, but to actually think about what grace means, um, it's probably not something we stop and do as much as we should. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the, it's a church word. Yeah. Like I use it a lot. Um, and the fact that we sort of talked about this and you sent me this, you know, email quote, you know, I read that same thing, but just went right over it, you know, but you sent it and I'm like, man, that's one of those words that we use. And then maybe we don't do a good job or I don't do a good job of, of explaining what that means. So the, the first thing that comes to my mind, maybe to kick us off when I think of grace is that, um, just the definition of it is that it's unmerited, undeserved favor or kindness. 
often when we're talking about God's grace, we're talking about God's love that's unmerited or undeserved. Um, God's kindness, God's favor towards all creation and humanity included in that. Does that spark any thoughts? Yes, I mean, that's how I understand it. I'll tell you how I think of, if we're just sort of backing up into just the word grace when I use it. We use it for our dinner blessing. I can't, I can't reconcile that. Like, I can't reconcile why we call it, who's going to say grace based on your definition. But then I use it a lot just in dealing with other people, you know, like, oh, give so-and-so grace because of X, Y, and Z. And it certainly is meaningful to me in thinking about um, grace that comes from God, but just from everyday use, I don't know if it gets watered down. Um, because I, I think that probably most people who are Christian would understand the definition that you said, right? Unmerited, something we don't deserve because uh, we're in a broken world. We're people who are not perfect. Uh, but I'm trying to think through other ways that we use grace. And it might be a little bit unfair because I actually read John Wesley's sermon, Means of Grace. I can get kind of heady about all this, thinking through it like from a real, I try to, well, you know me, I'm trying to like rationalize everything. While you're thinking about that, let me start with like grace for dinner. I have to admit, I have no idea why we call it grace. <laughs> you know, by the definition of grace, it's as if we're we're saying uh, God doesn't deserve uh, our Thanksgiving for this meal, and that's not what we mean. So maybe somebody in podcast world has a better idea or can look it up. That would be awesome. But I have no idea um, why we call it grace. I think uh, what you said nails it for me in that you, you cannot talk about grace without talking about sin. And, you know, sin is another church word that scares a lot of people, but it means what you said, that we are not what God intended, that all of creation, including us, is corrupted, and that we don't always choose what is um, of God or what is holy. Um, in fact, we're not capable of it. And then grace takes on this deeper meaning for me in that in the presence of Jesus and what Jesus did and is doing and will do, we received grace that we didn't deserve. And then through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're uh, being transformed, even when we continue to, to struggle, like we're given this opportunity to be transformed. So I don't know if that uh, helps or makes it more heady, but for me, what's so amazing about the grace is that I'll just be personal. When I think about myself, I know that I'm totally capable and of hurting myself and hurting others by what I do and what I don't do and what I say and what I don't say. You know, sin is real. And then to know that Jesus gave himself for all people, including me, um, and that not just that, but that God is continually giving of God's self that we might grow and that we might be transformed and that we're forgiven. Yeah, I, I grew up really thinking about sin as, you know, the big things, right? Stealing and murdering. <laughs> um, 
or lying to my parents or something like that. And so even though I wasn't doing, I was doing some of those things, but not the murdering and stealing. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I've just always felt very frustrated by the fact that every day I just do it again. And, and I was growing up, you know, I had the fortune to grow up in an environment where we were involved with church. And so I was thinking about sin and I knew about forgiveness and what Jesus did for us on the cross. But honestly, it's only been in the last probably decade that it's actually um, sunk in to where it feels transforming. And like what you said hit the nail on the head for me. And it really kind of makes me tear up because I know my motivations and I know um, my ambitions and my goals and obviously the things I'm thinking of. And and they're not like in themselves, they're not born of the fruit of the spirit, right? They're very self-directed and thinking about self. But the more I have um, sort of released, it actually feels... um, it feels like a relief because it doesn't matter what my gut response is. I know that God, like I use God's grace because that's, it just feels like an overwhelming permission to rest. Even though I look around and I see what I do is broken and I see what the people around me do is broken. And I see what the people on TV do that's broken. And I don't have any answers for any of that, except that, I do find peace in just resting, knowing that God loves us. He loves me. He loves you. He loves others. And I don't know, rest is like the main word that kind of sticks out to me. It just, it's like, it gives me a break. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I like to do the yes. And that that's how I think about that. So the maybe, um, a unique thing, about how Methodism is thought about grace since John Wesley is that uh, he, he was, well, let me put it this way. He was uh, living in a time when the church had existed for a, a, a good long while. And, and the idea of rest had become uh, too large. So in other words, um, I know that Jesus died for me. Um, I, I'm not doing any of the big sins. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. Uh, I, I go to church, right? Um, I know that when, when I mess up, there's, there's grace. Uh, but, but what they sort of neglected was that that's not the end of God's grace. And that um, this is a little bit heady. We'll, we, maybe we can do this in another podcast. But John Wesley tried to describe grace in three and really four ways. So these are not like um, limiting God, but this was a human attempt to understand God's grace. And he said that there was prevenient grace, which is a, a another crazy church word that means grace before. So grace before we realize that there is forgiveness and love and grace before we realize that Jesus is the Savior. And then there's justifying grace, which is the grace that we really focus on. This is the one that, even in John Wesley's day, was the the big deal, right? This is um, the acceptance of God's grace. This is, um, I believe, 
this is Christian confession, this is baptism, this all of those things, right? It, which still gets, I think, in today's culture, the most um, attention when really they all should. So that's sort of the conversion moment that we are forgiven. And what John Wesley was battling is that people were there and they liked that. But the next step is that God doesn't quit. You know, there, when you read the New Testament, we, we have lots of talk, especially from Paul, about um, growing in grace, working out your faith. And, and so it's throughout the whole scriptures, but you can really see it there that what John Wesley said was there's another kind of grace called sanctifying grace. It's not really another kind, but another way he categorized it, which was once you've accepted that, is being transformed, growing in love of God and neighbor. You know, when Jesus said, love your neighbor, and he said such things at the Sermon on the Mount as love your enemies, he really meant that. And and so sanctifying grace is how we accept the, the freedom given us in forgiveness and then grow. And then controversially, I know this is a little long, it's like I'm preaching a sermon, sorry, is that... Oh, preach it! <laughs> is that he said, and this is the controversial part, he said that justifying grace should lead to perfection. And perfection, when you talk about Christianity, that, that's a scary word. But what, what he meant was that we should be able to grow into a perfect love of God and neighbor. Um, and we can talk more about that in, in another podcast because there's a lot there. But what, what he was saying is there is a perfect state it is possible to live like Jesus. And so I think what he was combating, what I was saying, yes, and is that, yes, we, 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 we can rest in that grace. And there's, that, that's a beautiful gift from God. It's God's grace. It, I don't know how else to describe it. When you said it brought tears to your eyes, that's the way I feel about it too. And then from that, we should feel freed to grow in God's grace and become more like Christ. So it's a yes, and. Did you mean sanctifying grace? Yeah, what did I say? Justifying. Oh, I said justifying again. <laughs> yeah, I. it's like almost that we're in the same. We really haven't moved from John Wesley's time if they were sort of stopped at the justifying grace point because I feel like that's um, where a lot of people stop. They, um, but the sanctifying grace, you're right. I, I see that all over in the scriptures and it's, and I see it in incremental changes in myself, right? The more, um, the more I read scripture and take time to pray. And you know that, um, I know most people are probably not going to run and read John Wesley's sermon from the 1700s. But what, what took, me back, uh, took me aback from means of grace was he was saying that there are practical ways to experience or wait for God's grace. And I might be using the wrong terminology, but... You know, he talked about uh, reading scripture and prayer and then communion, which you I noticed that you offer communion to people if they come and speak with you, when you go visit with them, if something's going on in their lives. And I frankly never, until I read that, I never knew why you were doing that. Like, it, it didn't make sense because to me, communion is just something you do once a month or whenever you're gathered in worship. But the idea that in the sacrament of taking communion together, we experience and expect and wait for God's grace. Um, 
sort of shed new light on that for me. So in, in our church, it's different in lots of uh, different ways of thinking in different churches, but in, in the Methodist church, uh, that has, that's wrapped up really tightly in, in sacrament. So sacraments are um, a special means of grace. So I, I like to take communion to people or offer communion to people uh, because it's a time that we believe that uh, Jesus is present in a special way. And it's hard to put your finger on it. I, I was thinking this morning, dreading the podcast, thinking I would make a mistake. <laughs> and <laughs> what I was really dreading was trying to describe God's grace, cause, because how can we describe the indescribable? Um, and so the, the only way, one way, I'll say that that I can describe that is when I take communion. I can I can tell you that as a pastor who our our liturgy is very set, and and I love that because it's um, common to all of us uh, what we read for communion. And so there are times when I'm doing that, and and I'm not in the right place. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not feeling it to use today's lingo. You know, I'm I'm doing it because I'm hoping you know, that God's going to show up in that moment, and, and God does. Um, there really is something about that moment. But yeah, the practical, you, you nailed it. Um, John Wesley's uh, focus was that if it wasn't practical, he didn't care about it. And so when he talked about grace, he talked about um, common ways that we can reach for God's grace, that we can seek it, that we can be open for it. And you, you know that scripture, worship, uh, song, baptism, communion, service, all of these things that sort of make up fellowship, all these things that sort of make up what we call church aren't just traditions or things that we do together. What we're really trying to do is be open and help each other be open to God's grace. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just so personal. That's why, maybe that's why it's hard to put words to it but it does feel um it really feels tangible to me now and i probably would not have said that you know 10 years ago which i want to explore maybe we can do a few more podcasts and kind of just drill in and explore a little more about um the way that john wesley ex expressed or described grace with prevenient justifying and sanctifying um, so that people will start, like, I hope that people would think about it and, and think about it in the context of their own lives and their own personal um, journey. And no matter where they are on the spectrum, maybe that will meet them there and, I don't know, give hope. That That's what grace does for me. It gives me hope because every day it just looks like terrible things are happening all around. And yet knowing that there's something bigger than us and that and that he loves us enough to one experience this broken world with us in the form of Jesus, you know, right? Walking on earth and, and sort of feeling the feelings. Um, but it just gives me hope that there's a bigger perspective than the day to day. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it gives me um, a sense of peace and forgiveness. It, it, calls me. I think grace calls us through the power of the Holy Spirit to be forgiving 
and to be willing to ask for forgiveness. I really, I think it's hard for me, um, and I love that we're doing this because it's forcing me to do it and think about it in a new way. It, it's hard for me because the, the idea of grace is wrapped up in everything um, that has to do with faith and, and life. And so being able to think about it, step back and think about it from smaller um, sections uh, to break it down, to think about what, it, what does it look like practically, um, I, think that's, I think that's a great idea. Well, good. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> yes. And maybe next time I'll remember the three. I mean, my professors from school would uh, kill me and will kill me if they hear that. And I uh, messed up sanctifying grace. But anyway, you know, <laughs> there, there. We caught it. We caught there, it. And Amanda yeah. probably can't splice it without it sounding really goofy. <laughs> Oh, no, she, she should definitely leave it in there because it's a great example. There is grace. <laughs> I think about um, if, if I wanted to leave anybody with anything today, I hope that they think about grace in a new way. I, I want to give I didn't say this earlier. I want to give my little silly definition of how I just try to describe grace. I like to think of it as like God's love in action. So in other words, it's, it's not just something that happened, but something that is happening and continues to happen. It's the way that God loves us. And so that helps me think about where have I been open to grace? Where have I experienced God's grace? But when was the last time you knew God loved you? Might be a great question to think about for next time. I love that. That's a great place to stop. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. This was fun. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. It was in January of this year that I believe I felt the absolute fullness of God's love for me. I was reading a devotional series on trusting God. During this series, I realized, much to my surprise, that deep down in the depths of my soul, I had been struggling to trust God since my mother had become ill and died. In a conversation with a friend about this revelation, they listened to my confession of guilty feelings and for not trusting God implicitly. This person then looked at me and said, I believe that God is big enough to be able to handle your questions and your feelings. The Holy Spirit spoke to me that day through my friend, and I was able to understand God's great love for me, His compassion and His grace from an entirely new perspective. Thank you for listening to the Red Steeple Podcast. Many thanks to Pastor Jimmy and to Ginger Milne for sharing. As always, I so appreciate and want you to know that Amanda Jones rocks the editing for this show. If you have ideas for future show topics, email us at redsteeplepodcast at gmail.com. Use this conversation to share thoughts with others and explore what grace means to you in your life. Stay safe and be well.